So, so how many of y'all think something really amazing should happen right after that video, right? It's just me. It's just me. Just me. Um, hey, I, it's good to see everybody here today. It's good to have everybody joining us online. I, I, it, it's confession time though, right? I want everybody online, if you're joining us today online because you did not get up today or your alarm didn't go off or something happened due to spring forward, I want you to just leave a comment in the chat. And listen, I feel you. I feel you on like a, a real level because how many of y'all know that spring forward hits different when you're a parent? <laughs> it hits different when you're a parent. And let me tell you one of uh, the, just this great story. I'm going to tell on my kids for a little bit. So my kids, um, I, they're, they're totally different. Like 100, just, just they are two different people. There's nothing really uh, alike about them except for their, they share our DNA. That's about it. And uh, so Judah wakes up this morning and he's bubbly, right? He's singing. He's, uh, he's like talking about games and stuff like that. Now keep in mind, it's like 5.30 and this kid's like, Woo. I'm the game master. I'm the game master. And he's running around and he's doing like, he, he creates like fake YouTube videos. Hold on one second. Ugh. Lord, it's hot. It's hot when you play guitar, right? Um, so he, he's like, he's the bubbly one. He's the happy one. He's like, I'm, I'm okay being up early. This is awesome. And, and then so it's getting, we're, we're getting close to like, okay, it's, it's crunch time. We have to wake Lila up right now or we're not going to have time to get her dressed and head to the church and be on time. So I go in there, I wake Lila up. She doesn't look at me. She doesn't do anything but go, ah, like that. And I said, honey, you have to wake up, and I patted her, you know, she, my, my kids are always like, they, they curl up in the fetal position when they're like super tired, so I'm patting her, and I'm like, baby, you get up, it's time to get dressed, it's time to go to church, this is what she says to me, y'all, this is, this is my little girl, she looks at me, and she goes, I can't, I'm not strong enough, <laughs> and so, so listen to this, my little girl's feet did not even touch the ground until we got to church today. And, uh, of course, she didn't go to sleep in the, in the van like most normal people. I was trying not to go to sleep in the van. She didn't go to sleep. By then, she's all singing. We got her some donuts. I think she'll be okay. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is spring forward hits, hits at, a, at a different level with me too. So I'm going to try to wrap this up in a good tight 15, and we're going to get some rest before the Lord. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so, someone, I heard someone say liar. Um, so... We, we've talked about Easter. Rachel, Rachel did a great job talking about Easter, but I just want to encourage you, please make sure that you're here. Man, it is a big deal to come and celebrate the resurrection of Christ, and it, there's something about being able to celebrate it together that just, man, it makes it so special, and we weren't really able to do what we wanted to do for Easter last year because hashtag COVID, and so we're going to do it big this year. We're going to have a donut wall, you guys. We're going to have a photo booth so you can take pictures with your family. We're going to learn about the resurrection. The kids have something special planned in there. They're going to do, be doing an Easter egg hunt as well. And then we're going to have a children's choir coming in here and helping us lead 
worship. And so I'm excited. I want to encourage you. Make sure you're here. Bring your mom. Bring your family. You know how it goes. Bring it. Bring everybody that you can. Let's pack this place out. And before we get started as well, you might notice some cards in your seat or the seat next to you. What those are for is we are going to be starting uh, another series coming up soon called Asking for a Friend. And so this is for you to take home. And if you got any questions you've always wanted to know, but kind of been weirded out to ask or, or something like that, or you just got some general questions, take these home and, and bring them back. If you, if you know what you want to ask today, you can bring them up here at the end of service. And what we're going to do is we're going to read through those and we're going to just kind of pick some, some different things to, to base our sermons off of. And I think it's going to be fun. It's always fun. You guys ask some amazing questions. And so I'm looking forward to it. But today we are starting a new series called The Last 24. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking events from the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. And we're going to be looking at them and we're going to see what, what we can learn from them and what God wants to tell us from them, and, and I get to start this bad boy off today, and so I wanted to kind of look at some things about Jesus that maybe we don't notice very often, right? So some things that maybe we, we fail to just take time to ponder, and, and so if you're taking notes today, the title for this message is going to be called Previously On. I love that because uh, we're, we're not just going to be looking at the, the text for the last 24 hours of Jesus, but we're also going to look at some other key parts, some, some of my favorite stories in the Bible that have to do with Jesus, and we're going to see what he has to show us today. So the first thing we're going to start off with is the washing of the disciples' feet, right? So we know... If you've grown up in church or you've been in church, you've, you've probably heard this. If you served at all, I guarantee you've heard this story because it, it is used in leadership a lot to show that Jesus was a servant and, and, and to show just the, the power of, of him and all of his authority leaning down and, and getting on his knees and, and, and washing these disciples' feet. But I want you to picture the scene here. Jesus, all of his disciples are getting ready to celebrate Passover. Now, Passover is where God saved Israel from Egypt. While they were still in slavery, he spared them. And so they're getting ready to celebrate this. And I think it's funny. Could you imagine getting to celebrate this with Jesus, who's about to do the same thing? He, he's about to give himself while we're still in slavery. And he's about to give himself sacrifice and, and I, I'm, I'm gonna stop right there before I get preaching right but but this event is known as the Last Supper and we know that the disciples were there at this point Judas had already been prompted to betray Jesus we know that uh, Jesus knows that he, he's kind of making it known that I know that and, and I want you to remember that as as we kind of talk about what happens next Jesus got up from the table tied a towel around his waist, he got down on his knees and proceeded to wash the feet of the disciples, and listen to this, that included Judas. Now, how amazing is that, that that included Judas? 
how humbling that must have been and, and all Jesus' authority, knowing what's going to happen and he's going he's gonna to serve the one that's already made up in his mind that he's going to betray us. And so we're going to stick a pin right there because we're going to come back to that in, in a couple of moments. But um, I want to go and, and pick up in another scripture and another story. I've read over this my entire life, right? And, and I, I just have never stopped really to ponder this myself. And it hit me differently while I was preparing for this. And, and speaking of preparing for this, I believe that God has been bringing us through a season of preparing us for, for what he has next for us. Because listen, God has given us a big calling. He's given you a big calling. And, and sometimes he has to bring us through some stuff so that we can grow, so that we can get rid of some stuff that's holding us back, so that we can be ready for the time to come when he wants to use us. Because imagine the big vision that God's given us, the calling that God's given you. had some noise interference going on. So 
uh, his wife was named Herodias. She had a daughter, right? And, and, and the Bible says that she began to do a dance. And, and listen to me, y'all. Listen to me. She's not, like, dancing, you know, like, you know. She's, she's like, dancing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, she's, like, people would be throwing dollar bills at her. You know, there, there's like a pole behind her. Y'all get what I'm saying, right? I don't need to go any further. She's like dancing. So of course, in super creepy fashion, Herod is like, hey, your dance has caught my attention. I'll give you anything you ask for up to half my kingdom. So she goes and she asks her mom, she's like, what should I ask for? She comes back and she, she tells Herod, she goes, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. Now, you got to know something about Herod. He liked John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a voice of reason for, for Herod. He, but he had to stick to his word in front of people. That'll preach, won't it? He had to stick to his word in front of people rather than taking a stand for the man of God. So it was off with his head. And listen, the Bible is crazy sometimes, y'all. The Bible is, is so, so get this. You have a party. You have people that's partying and dancing. And then you have a head on a platter. Like worst party ever, right? That is the worst party ever. I, I would not want to go to one of Herod's parties because... They serve the head on a platter. Jesus doesn't know about John being beheaded yet. And so we pick up here. Him and his disciples have been on ministry tours, healing people and, and preaching the word, seeing miracles and signs and wonders. And now we get here in Matthew chapter 14, and it says, Later, John's disciples came for his body and buried it. They went and they told Jesus what had happened. And as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. And I started thinking in this moment, uh, there, there's something going on that we don't really talk about a lot. Uh, I think oftentimes when we, we talk about being more like Jesus, we talk about being more holy and being more, more nice, being more loving. We need to pray more. We need to, we need to be more compassionate. We need to ha have, have more of this. And all those are great and amazing attributes and, and, and characteristics of a Christian. But can I tell you right now that I want to look at two things that Jesus does in Matthew 14. And all of us are going to fit in one of these categories, whether or not it's now you're going through it or you're going to go through something in your life. And so one of these categories is people that allow themselves to break. Listen to me, church. We have to allow ourselves to break. It's too often we've, we've come to church and we've gone through hell all week long. And, and, and now it's like we walk in the doors and somebody's like, hey, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm blessed and highly favored, you know? Yeah, man. It's like, how's the family? And you're like, you're like, good, but you know you was cussing on the way to church or, or you were fighting or, or, or the silent treatment or, it, you know, it was, it was tense on the way in the doors or, or how many of y'all can relate to this? Because I know I can. How's the kids doing? And, and, and you know that you was just outside like, say something else. Say something else. I will cut you. I literally... Um, I, this is not a proud moment, but, um, you know, Judah, Judah likes to find that last nerve, the last one, the very last one. 
the one that looks like it's older than it should be, right? He likes to find that nerve and he likes to just play with it and just beat it and cut it and jump on it. And, and so the other day he was upset and he was whining. He, he really didn't have a nap and, and uh, it was time to put the Nintendo down and he was not happy. And so uh, he, he started doing that. And I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, this kid's driving me crazy. And I looked at him and I'm like, if you don't stop, I'm gonna throw the Nintendo in the woods. And, and he was like, no, you won't. You paid too much for it. And I was like, but, but see, that's the stuff that happens, uh, right? When you have kids and, and uh, but Jesus demonstrates something here because the Bible says when he hears the news, he doesn't talk about, oh, we should love more, show more compassion to people. Uh, I want you to get this because Jesus is fully God. There's a time when Peter cuts off a soldier's ear and Jesus is like, well, I'll just put that thing right back on for you. No harm, no foul, nothing. Jesus could have found John's head. He could have put it back on and he could have healed him and resurrected the dead. Because why? Because Jesus is a resurrector. God is a resurrector of dead things. And that's good news for us today, church, because he has the power over dead things in our lives. And, and so it was then. I want you to understand that there was nothing off limits to God. There was no miracle and no authority that Jesus didn't have, but he doesn't do it. And I think that, that we can look at this and we can gain this principle for it that most of us kind of don't operate in all the time. And that's the principle of allowing yourself to break. Jesus hears this. Again, his first reaction is not, hey, let's do some miracles. It's, it, it's not, it's okay. I know he's in heaven, right? It, it, he, he's not like, well, I'll pray for the family. He gets in a boat and he goes to be alone. Now, I don't know how long he's in there. It could be five minutes, could be 10 minutes, could be hours. We know that he was traveling from one place to another, but we see that Jesus is alone in a boat. And, and, and maybe you didn't expect what happened to you to happen to you. You didn't expect the news. You didn't expect the thing that has gone on. Maybe you didn't expect it. But, but so many of us, if we're being honest today, we just need to allow ourselves to break, to breathe, to admit at heart that I didn't expect my marriage to end after, after 23 years. I didn't, I didn't it, it expect it. Or, or some of us, you know, this is something that hits home to a lot of people. I didn't expect to have the miscarriage. I, I, I picked out the baby names. We've been planning. We painted the nursery and I didn't expect that I was gonna have to say goodbye. We've been faithful at work and I didn't think that so close to retirement, I'd be let go. This is, this is one that's happened to me, I didn't think that I'd have to say goodbye to a loved one that I, I couldn't even ever see again because of a pandemic. And, and, and some of us need to come in God's house today. We need to lay it all out and we, we need to say, we need to break. I thought it was going to be easier. I thought if I came to church, I thought if I gave money in the offering, this, this bad stuff wouldn't happen if I kept doing what I was supposed to be doing, right? It, it, none of this would ever happen. But I want to tell you that Jesus was responsive to the Father. 
He was close to the Father. He spent time with the Father. He, he was doing the, the Father's work, and yet this still happened. But we see that when he felt the hurt, he went and he allowed himself to break. And so many Christians today are so calloused and they're, they're so stone-faced and they're so non-emotional because it, it, it's like a weakness to break. And, and, and we have to be tough and we have to be fortified and we have to quote the scriptures, you know, greater is he that is in me, right? And, and of course, we know that that is true, but, but Jesus was the word of God. He knew that was true and yet he broke. And here's why, and here's why I think that you need to allow yourself to break because playing tough won't make it go away. Playing tough won't make it go away. Like you can't act like you have everything together because it, it doesn't do anything. If your marriage is on the last leg, like you're one toothpaste fight away, uh, going back home, it's still going to be there. It's still going to be there. You, you can't act like there's no emotion because it is still going to be there. Your kids aren't turning out the way you thought that they would, the way you raised them to. And, and you're reminded of that. It's still there. That person you lost, you see the Christmas pictures, it's still there. And I want to tell you again, playing tough will not make it go away. We can't just act like it's not a big deal because it is a big deal. And I want to tell you today, we need to find the place, we need to find the time in our lives to allow ourselves to pray and break and to allow ourselves to get before God and say, God, I'm hurt. I know that I'm hurt. I know that this has happened to me. And we need to find the place to get before God and surrender this and say, but Lord, I know that that you're our healer. Lord, I know that sometimes there's things in me that you want to break. And, and, and Lord, I trust you with that because I know that you're our healer. You're, you're broken and when you pretend not to be, listen to me, listen to me online, God is not gonna fix what you pretend is not broken. God is not going to fix what you pretend is not brokenness. He, see, he sees the brokenness. He, he sees the hurt. He, he, he knows that it'll still be there, but, but he wants you to surrender it. You know, I, I grew up without a dad in the picture and, and it hurts. And sometimes it still hurts. Sometimes it, it, it's like my, my son will ask me about my dad and I'm like, I don't really know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> you know, it, it's like all I could do is, is be better than that and make sure that I, I'm here and make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm there for you. And I, you, you, listen, you're trying to raise kids on your own and it hurts. <laughs> I know it hurts, but faking it won't fix the problem. And now we see... Jesus kind of switched gears this morning, right? Um, because if I stopped there, it'd be a pretty depressing message, <laughs> right? It, he just went off in a boat and he broke. See y'all later. Um, and, and, and some of you that's been dealing with this and you haven't allowed yourself to be broken, this is all you needed to hear today. 
This is all you needed to hear because this is the part of the message where you needed to hear that, that there's permission to cry, permission to confess, permission to go through something, permission to get help, permission to get alone and God, let God heal you, permission to say that it's beyond my control. But listen to me, God moves powerfully in our surrender. God moves powerfully when we lay it all open because he knows what needs to be done and he's not fighting with you having to, to say, hey, here's this, let me do this, let me do this. God moves in that surrender. And if we keep reading in Matthew chapter 14, it says this, but the crowds heard where he was headed, followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Now, he, he stepped from the boat, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. So, so Jesus gets in the boat and he, he, he breaks and he, he says, I need some time, I need a place, I need to be alone, I've got some things that I'm going through, I've got some things that I gotta process. But then the, the Bible has some good news because Jesus stepped out of the boat he stepped into the boat to break and he steps out of the boat. And this is what he does when he stepped out of the boat. He composed himself. And that's the second group of people in here. Some of us need to compose ourselves. Compose ourselves. Listen, listen. Some of us are stuck in our brokenness. Some of us are stuck in our pain. Some of us wear it like a badge of honor. So some of us are, are letting this play like it's a broken record in your life. And, and I want to tell you, you keep blaming the thing that happened to you, blaming the person that did something to you, blaming the spouse that left. Here's one of my favorite, blaming the government. Woo, blaming the government here in the South. We blame the government, blaming the church. And, and, and I want to camp here for a couple of minutes. Listen, because I know that hands would go up if I asked how many people, if you're honest, don't serve because somebody was hurt by church folk. And, and, and so you're blaming and, and listen to me today. God is saying that you are not a defeated foe compose yourself because this is where when it comes in right greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world stop blaming and compose yourself people in this world are counting on you the people that followed Jesus, that came to see Jesus, they were counting on him that it, it, it's not the the time to be out of control you have other family that needs you, you have friends that need you, you have people in your life. And, and, and so you get in the boat to break and then you step out, you compose yourself so that you can heal. Step out of the boat and continue your calling. Step out of the boat, continue your purpose, continue what, what God was trying to do. Because listen, this is what I've learned. When we go through a season of brokenness, God is going to do something. God is going to heal you. God is going to move in you because, because that is when man telling you in that brokenness and in that surrender, God has free reign to move in your life. And so it's not the time to be out of control, get in the boat to break, but step out of the boat to continue. Don't let what's happened to you become your identity and a limitation 
right? Don't let that limit what God wants to do in you. I know, again, it hurts. What they said is resonating in your ear, but don't let that be the defining voice in your life because that is not their right. Got to step out of the boat, compose yourself. Stop not dreaming because your dream didn't turn out the way it was supposed to last time. The relationship didn't turn out the way you thought it should. I, I get it, but you're never going to be able to live that thing that God's put in your heart if you can't get past the things and the people that's hurt you. It hurts, but compose yourself. Now, I said this earlier, but I was scared when I first became a dad because I was like, I don't have a dad. <laughs> you know, what if, what if I do this wrong and I mess this kid all up? You know, I, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, and I remember that, that God told me that, that your main limitation is that broken record you let keep playing in your mind. And some of you, that's you today. There's something that you let just eat at your spirit and eat at your joy and eat at your peace. And, and it's time. God's saying, I know that you needed a season, but it's, it's time. And listen to me, church, if you don't have it now, then you don't need it to survive, right? It, it, if God took it out of your life, then you don't need it to succeed. You don't need it to do what's next because if it was necessary, it would still be there. God is, is saying to us this morning, it's time. And we should be thankful for all the things that God's brought us through and all the things that he's gonna bring us through and all the things that he's gonna do and, and prepare us to be and, and make us into. And, and God's saying, this is, this is where it starts. Let's, let's give God praise this morning, right? That, that he fills the areas we need him to fill because, because without him, we were, we were nothing. And, and so just know this morning that he's a composer, he's a healer. And we know this because we just read it. We just read it. Some of y'all are gonna go home different today. Some of y'all online, you're, you're going home stronger. You're gonna be better parents, a better spouse. You're gonna be closer with God because you're going to listen to his voice today and, and listen to him say that it's time because staying hurt won't help you. It won't help you. And let me tell you why. If you stay broken, you get bitter. If you stay broken, you get bitter. I, I, I mean, what is bitterness if, if just brokenness left untreated? We, 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 listen to me, church. We carry that around like a badge of honor too. And I want to encourage you to not let the enemy isolate you in that bitterness and that brokenness right now. Don't let him isolate you from your relationship with God, from your calling, because you did not walk all the way through the brokenness. You're, you're, you're still in the boat. And here's the other thing, the other side of that. If you never allow yourself to break, you'll start to lose compassion. You'll, you'll start to forget what hurt feels like. You'll start to forget what it feels like to battle something. And you'll see someone battling an addiction and, and you'll say, well, they just need to get right. Or you'll see that marriage on their last leg and just be like, if that husband would just go to church, you know, you, you, or 
you see someone struggling with sin and it's just like, well, they just need Jesus. And we lose our compassion and we lose our love and we see, we see Jesus when he steps out of the boat, he sees them. And I think oftentimes we walk through people and we walk by people that God is wanting us to see, but we can't see it because all we're looking at is the pain and the hurt inside of us. The bitterness, the lack of compassion. He, he gets in the middle of these people. He, he starts to, to do miracles. And this is the group that would come to be fed by Jesus. <clears throat> feeding of the 5,000. And so it's starting to get late and the disciples come to Jesus and they say, um, listen, they say, send the people away so that they could eat and get some rest. And Jesus looks at them and he goes, no, you feed them. Now I've preached on this miracle before. Jesus didn't need to do this. Like he's already doing miracles there. Like he could have done what the disciples said. He's had a rough day too. Um, but I think Jesus is trying to show us something else here because when, when they were with Jesus, they, they lacked nothing. And, and I think Jesus is showing us that here because he's like, no, no, Peter, you feed them. Remember, you lack nothing because I'm with you. When I found you, you couldn't even catch a fish, right? And, and, and there's people that, that need just like you did. There's people in this city. There's people in your community. There's people at your job. There's people in your family. There's people that are closer than you know, and they're waiting on you. You and I were nothing before Jesus came and changed us. And there's people right now that are waiting for that same exact thing. And we get caught in this trap that someone else will tell them. Someone else will step up and serve. Someone else, there's always that, there's someone else. But we forgot what it was like when we needed somebody, when we needed a hug, when we needed prayer, when we needed just someone to listen, when we needed someone that we knew was on our side. Listen to me today, church. We have to step past what God is wanting to do to us and step into what God wants to do through us. So, so here's what we do. Here's kind of my last point and my, my suggestion is don't ignore the pain and don't ignore your purpose. Admit that it hurt, get in the boat, but realize there's people counting on your next move I didn't expect it to go like this, but I will not delay the purpose that God has placed before me. Compose yourself. <clears throat> There's times where you're gonna be, need to be broken in the boat. There's times where you need to have that healing, but there's times where we need to get out into our purpose and step in to what God wants to use you for. Worship team, if you'll come on up and prepare to play something just soft behind me. As I was thinking about these events and, and you know, I was thinking about the disciples and, and having their feet washed and Jesus 
washing their feet, I, I started really thinking about the humanity of Jesus and the, the power that, that he knew he had, but he was willing to, to let it go because he knew that other people needed him. And I, I thought it was amazing. And I started to read back over this, this scene at the Last Supper and um, I, something stuck out to me. I've read this many times. Like it, it's not like I didn't know it was in there. It's it's not like anything new. It's just it hit me different. And I'm going to read this to you. It's found in John 13:5. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them till the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God, and he would return to God. So he got up. From the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin. He then began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. When Jesus got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. And when I was reading that, I was like, I wonder how many people caught it this time. Wonder, wonder if anybody saw it a little bit different than me, but I, I'm going to help you out this morning. Listen, he, he says, he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. Now, just want you to lean in for a minute and I'm going to kind of break this down why it hit differently. My son, he loves to go to the park and and Bremen where our our kind of like main city park is. There's baseball fields and you know it has that really cool red it's it's, it's red dirt but it looks almost like sand. It's really fun to f- throw up in the air. It gets everywhere. And I don't know what it is, but my son loves to go playing that. It doesn't matter what he's wearing, what shoes he's wearing. It doesn't matter if we're like, hey, don't, don't get in that today. He always asks if he could go play in that dirt. And it's almost inevitable if we go to the park, he's going to get dirty. And this dirt, like I said, it gets, it gets everywhere. Gets everywhere, but he loves it because he can throw it up and make smoke bombs. He can write his name in it. Um, when he was younger and didn't know any better, he had different ways of writing his name in it <laughs> that were really embarrassing because it's like, I oh, pull your pants up, dude. We're in a park, you know? But this dirt, I took him the other day and it had gotten all over him. And I washed him up the best I could, you know, without giving him a bath. And I noticed that when he would still touch stuff, there was still some dirt that remained. And, and, and so I started thinking about this. Now, I don't know if Jesus is like exfoliating the feet, 
of the disciples, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess this is more like a ceremonial wash because they would walk around in sandals and their feet would get dirty. And so before it was part of ceremonial cleanliness to, to, to have this done and to be ready for dinner and, and, and stuff like that. And we see Jesus do this, but then it says that he would towel dry their feet. And I started thinking when I would wipe Judah's hands, I'm like, why is there still dirt? I've washed them. And, and, and it wasn't until I got in there and I wiped it really good that all the dirt was gone. And so I started seeing this and it, it, it's like Jesus is not just washing the dirt and leaving them, you know, like half clean. He's taken the towel that is upon his own body and he is drying these disciples' feet. He's getting them good and clean. And he's, he's saying, you don't understand this right now, but, but someday you will. And see, we have like the end of the story. So, so we know that Jesus, that this is like symbolic of Jesus taking our sin and our dirt and our death and, and, and he's like, I'm not just going to be the sacrifice that atones for it now. I'm going to go ahead and remove it. I'm going to go ahead and get rid of that sin because I know that I can conquer it. If you would in this place, just bow your head and close your eyes. I was amazed at at how many times I've read this story and I've just looked right over that. And, you know, it, it kind of it took me having some connection with it, knowing what would have happened to be able to really see this. And I think it's powerful because what, what Jesus is saying to us in this season is you don't understand this right now, but someday you will. And he's saying that, but for right now, you've been washed clean. All of the dirt has been removed. And you can walk in that freedom and you can go through a, a season of brokenness and you can be healed and you can come out and you can move forward because you are doing this from a place of victory.